a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Here's a little think again for you. The headlines say that division is a bad thing in politics, in Washington, D.C., and among the American people. But is it possible, could it be, that divided we stand could actually be a good thing for governing? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. We're really thrilled to have joining us on the program today, Michael Medved, who's a host of Daily Radio Talk Show. He's also the author of God's Hand on America, Divine Providence in the Modern Era. You can follow him on uh, Twitter at, at Medved Show. And, uh, Michael, we really appreciate you joining us today. And uh, you wrote uh, a piece in Newsweek that uh, really caught my attention. It's something that I have been uh, thinking about and talking about for a long time in terms of what the American people really want and, and what we're likely to see in terms of divided government. But g- give us kind of a, a, a backstory into that. What is it that uh, divided government really means, and what are we actually looking at as we roll into the midterms? Well, what we're looking at is the fact that over the last 70 years, uh, the great majority of the time, more than two-thirds of the time, the American voters have chosen divided government. In other words, it's a rarity to have what we have right now, which is the Democrats controlling the White House and the Senate and the House. It is much more likely that, uh, and this is one of the reasons that you have this whole pattern of a president in his first term almost always loses control of the Congress. Uh, in the midterm election. And it's basically because it's part of our constitutional system. Part of what the Constitution attempts to do is to set up checks and balances, limits on any one source of power. And the American people and the voters have played their role in that by uh, when Trump came into office in in 2017. He had control of the House and the Senate, and then promptly lost, lost control of the House, lost 43 seats. And that's uh, what I think is likely to happen again this time, that uh, we're not going to have uh, all Democratic control in Washington anymore. It's going to be varied and balanced, and with constraints on what anyone in the executive can do because the Congress is not going to be of the same party. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities 
of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I think that's uh, such a fascinating thing to look at. And there's some, there's actually some real benefits. Uh, many Democrats are saying, oh, we've, we, you know, we've got to maintain control. That's the source of their, you know, their fundraising and their focus right there. But uh, you point out, and I completely agree, that this actually could be beneficial to the president uh, to actually have divided government. Explain that for our listeners. Well, first of all, with divided government, he becomes unquestionably the lead of the Democratic Party. It's not a question of, well, are we going to go with Schumer? Are we going to go with Pelosi? Uh, no, it's, it's going to be Biden because he's your guy there. And uh, Joe Biden has this extra challenge, which is he's going to be 80 years old. And there are real questions about whether he is going to attempt another term. But our most successful presidents uh, recently in, in American history have been presidents like uh, Dwight Eisenhower, who had Democratic, all Democratic control of Congress. He was a Republican president and did very well working with them. And uh, that was true for Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan never, during his eight years as a very successful president, Reagan never had a Republican House. It was always Tip O'Neill and the Democrats. Right. And Forcing the kind of balance that that does, which is the American norm, is, I think, in a way healthier than these huge expectations that started the Biden administration. Remember, he was going to be the next Franklin Roosevelt. He was going to be the next uh, Lyndon Johnson with these sweeping programs. That kind of ambition can wreck a presidency. And I don't think it served President Biden very well. And I think that's true on uh, both sides of the aisle in terms of who's in the, the White House. That uh, sometimes when uh, you have control of, of uh, both the executive and the legislative branch, the extremes of the party feel like this is their chance to, to ram everything through. And that rarely ends up working out well, either for the president uh, and often not so well for the American people. I think that's entirely true. And it's one of the reasons that, uh, look, we, we set up uh, a, a situation where deliberately the founders, and you can read this in the, preg uh, in the Federalist Papers, uh, did not want to replicate the British Parliament. That's not what they wanted. In Parliament, as we see, uh, you have a conservative majority, so therefore you have a conservative prime minister. There's no real division between the legislative and executive branches. Our founders set it up so that there would be. Now, they didn't expect political parties, uh, and they didn't like political parties, but we have them. They're part of the system. Americans also seem to me to be tired of extreme partisanship, and I think that's, that's a good thing. Uh, basically, looking at politics and viewing the other side as evil mm. or corrupt uh, ch chanting at rallies, uh, <laughs> lock him up, whether they're trying to lock up Trump or they're trying to lock up Biden or whether they're trying to lock up Hunter Biden. I don't think it's a healthy trend that American politics right now seems to revolve around wanting to put your opponents in jail. Absolutely. And uh, I want to dig in just a little bit. Uh, you mentioned the British system in terms of, uh, you know, who has control and then they get to choose the prime minister in essence uh, and the difference between that, because I think we've sort of conflated everything. Uh, that Congress's job is to implement the president's agenda uh, if he's of their party and to just block it. 
uh, if they're not. Uh, and that's really not the way that's supposed to work. No, it, it isn't. And and again, you go back to the Clinton experience. Clinton was president for eight years. His first two years were a disaster, and he ended up losing, are you ready for it, 55 seats in the House of Representatives in 1994, because people said, we don't like this old democratic government, that's not what we want. But Clinton became a successful president thanks to Newt Gingrich. You may remember he gave a uh, State of the Union address where he said the era, uh, era of big government is over, And together they passed welfare reform. He worked with the Republican Congress and Speaker Newt Gingrich and uh, the uh, Senate leader, Bob Dole. He worked to balance the budget. It's the very last time we we had a budget that didn't increase the total deficit. And, And again, it ended up being a successful presidency. I don't think... Clinton would have achieved that if he had uh, continued his service with a Democratic Congress. Yeah, uh, this is just a great insight. It's so important to recognize uh, where the American people are in all of this, that uh, divided government, as you pointed out in uh, your piece in Newsweek, Michael, uh, it does mean kind of a back-to-normal sort of thing. And it is the one area where we're talking about healing the divisions and, and uh, bridging the divides. I think this is one place where divided we stand is, is actually a, a good thing for the country uh, if we look at it in terms of divided government. Well, exactly, because part of what divided government does is it limits the power of government. Mm. Uh, The American people and our founders did not want government to drive everything, to determine the way we live, to uh, order the, the choices that we make. And one of the best ways to limit the power of government is not just to have a Bill of Rights, which uh, America is unique in, in presenting to the world, but to have this, this specter of a government where compromise and moderation and uh, actual cooperation among different factions is required. Otherwise, you get nothing done. And, uh, and I think that's going to be the lesson of this midterm election. And one can only hope things will be better afterward. So is it possible that the better answer is divided we stand? Now, obviously, we want to be able to speak with respect. We want to come together around solutions. The art of the compromise is an important thing. Listening matters. But there are some great lessons from history where divided government actually produced better government, more transparent government. Rather than one party having full control of the House, the Senate, and the executive branch, divided government often leads to great compromise. It leads to greater understanding. And so while often we complain about the divide, there's one area where divided we stand might not be such a bad thing, and it's how we govern. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. 
In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.